You know, this morning, as I thought about coming back and just what God's been doing in my own personal heart, um, and I think about what I want to share with you today, I think it's really important. And, and the, word, the message that I really have for you is I really feel, you know, it's, it's a message, it's like a word from God for us this morning. Amen? And that's what it should be every Sunday, but it should be something that stirs our hearts to want to love Jesus more. Because church is not just about coming and attending, finding your little spot, your number on the chair, all those different things. But it's coming and going, you know what? I, need, I, want, to, I want God to make a difference in my own heart. And when I walk out of here, I want to make a difference in the world that I'm in. And that we find our purpose, we find our meaning in life, you know. And, and are y'all hearing me? Am I just, and it's like we find that. And, you know, it's like the thing that I've been thinking about, I had a girl that Tracy and I discipled, and she's, she's traveling. She's speaking in different countries. Her name is Laura Alford now. It used to be Laura Zabala. And uh, she sent me a text yesterday, and she was just, thanks for all that you poured into my life. And she sent a picture of Daniel Nash. She was one of the guys that was with Charles Finley. She went to the gravesite, and she said, I'm just praying that God would give me a greater prayer moments for this generation for revival. And she goes, just thank you for what you poured in my life. And her husband's huge worship guy in the worship world or whatever, and just to be part of someone else's life and seeing greatness in their life, it just does something to you. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I just, I love your journey with Jesus. And, you know, this morning, you know, how many times have you ever gone to a place and you've seen this, this, this plastered on the walls? Total liquidation, total sell. They're getting rid of everything. I mean, how many of you watched Brown's Furniture go out of business more than once? Then they turned into Heimit Myers or whatever it was, and they went back to Brown's Furniture. And, and you're going, what is up with them? That it's like, it's never a total liquid. You know, you see it in the front windows of cars. You know, they got one, they have the big tent sale at Gulf Coast Auto. I went to go get gas this morning. The tent sale. That means they're going to blow out the doors, and they're going to give you a deal that's just incredible. That, you know, you have all that stuff, and you, everybody's going, man, I got to go there. And you get those, those little mellers sometimes if you bring the key in and you put it in the ignition and it starts the car's yours how many of you ever done that i've done that i remember one time i, I mean i'm going if i win the car i'm gonna give it to one of my sons you know i'm just thinking all these different things but i know this you know when i think about this generation it's like no other generation i mean we have computers we have video games that are just like realistic we have cell phones we have i Phones, we have iPads, we got iTV, we got i whatever. They jump off of buildings and towers and cliffs with a rubber band around their, their ankle or a parachute on their back. Or they, they climb things with, with nothing attached to them. And I'm thinking, you know, I mean, they use swimming pools without water to skateboard. They do all these kind of radical things. And to me, it's like, man, this generation is radical. So what does God want to do? God wants to turn that radicalness into something for his kingdom. Amen? I mean, you got kids that, are, you know, that, that, I mean, they pierce all kinds of things. Not even going there. <laughs> they, they, they have tattoos and all these different things. And I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not getting one, okay? My grandmother put enough fear on me. But if you got one, God bless you. I'm not here to preach against that or anything like that, you know. But I believe this because, see, my grandmother put a fear in me when I was little. If I got a little ink spot on me, you know, beware. So, I, you know, someone write on me. I, so, anyway, 
But you know what? Are you ready? The question is, many times, is are you really ready to give it all? Are you really, really ready to sell out for Jesus? Are you really ready to have a total liquidation and go, God, here I am. It's all of me. I don't want your presence. I don't want the presence. You know, because some people follow God for things that they can get in God, being serving God. But you know what I've learned is I don't want all the things that God has for me. I just want his presence in my life. That's what I want. And that's what I want for you as a church, as an individual, and as a people, and as a family, that you literally sense the presence of God in your life and in your family. And, you know, as men, that you lead your family in the right way, and you're hearing, you're hearing God speak to you. You see, this morning, I just want to pray. And I just want, I really feel like there's some scriptures that I want you to lay hold on this morning. You can grab. I don't want to do any false advertisement this morning. You know what I'm talking about? Because sometimes, you know, well, it's, it's, it's the flavor of the week. I want you to come and I really want, it's kind of like, you remember, what is it, the Matrix? And they had the, red, they had the pill and you had to take it and whatever. And it's kind of like this. I want you to, I want you, I want to give you a gospel pill. Is that all right? And I want you to swallow it this morning and let it get, get deep inside of you and all of a sudden the, the things that happen you ever see those medicine commercials you know you know if you take this you will die you may have liver damage you may your hair will fall out your toenails will curl i mean they have all these different things they just go on and on and on you go i don't want to take that but if you receive this this morning you may have a miracle you may have power in your life where you've never had power before. You're able to believe for God to do something great. You'll be, there'll be like a Superman inside of you that wants to come out and God wants to do something significant and something great in your life. Father, I pray that that's what would happen this morning. Lord, we don't want to play church this morning. I don't want to give all these things or preach against this, preach for that. You know, it's about you and your kingdom, your kingdom being established in our lives, in our hearts, in our beings that we become kingdom-minded, kingdom people, not the kingdom of Bubba, not the kingdom of our Savior's church, but the kingdom of God, that we would represent you. And Lord, I think you never send a messenger anywhere with an empty envelope. You fill our lives with substance. You fill our lives with meaning and purpose and desire. And I pray for a deep passion and compassion all around. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said... Proverbs 23, 23 says this. I better slow down. I can tell I'm losing my breath. So that my wife usually tells me, sometimes you have great things to say, Bubba, but you just speak too fast. Hey, someone said amen. All right. <laughs> Came here, Shirley. I'll slow down. <laughs> Hearing from my elders this morning. So I'll, I'll try to slow down. But this morning, Proverbs 23, 23 says, get the truth, never sell it, also get, and, and you know, also get wisdom, discipline, and good judgment. See, the byproduct of buying truth is God gives you wisdom. How many of you can say when you were younger, you didn't have much wisdom? How many of you say maybe you had stupid written on your forehead? Many of us have. I'd like to say I've made wise decisions, but I look back, I made a lot of stupid decisions. And it says, and get discipline. How many of you need a little discipline in your life? Okay, all right. Don't raise your hand too high, I understand. Just discipline, and then it says good judgment. And see, see, do whatever it takes to get the truth. That's what it's saying. It, it takes work. How many you know in order to get something, you got to work hard at it? Come on. You know, but God tells us if we pay the price and don't give up, we will be 
be a source of joy. How many of you love your children when they're just a source of joy? And they just work at it. They become, you know, this week we went and we went to um, SeaWorld. And Luke, you know, he's nine years old. And he's heard all of his brothers talk about, you know, doing adventures and stuff. So it was his big moment. He says, Dad, I want to ride the roller coaster. It's called the Steel Eel. If you get on it, you may get ill, all right? And I remember, and so he said, Dad, let's get it. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, man, I'm, you know, I'm getting old. And I did all that with all the older boys. I really don't want to get on the steel eel. But for Luke, so he's all excited, you know. So we're going, and, you know, he gets on it. He goes, I'm going to do my first one. And I said, it starts at, clink, clink, clink. you know how they start? Clink, 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 slow. And we get to the, almost to the top. And I literally, I see his eyes. They just go. He looks down. And you ever have those oh no moments? And all of a sudden, we start going down. Instead of him laughing, he's going. He's in shock. He didn't know to cry. He didn't know to scream. He didn't want to say anything. He wanted to live. And then we're going down with the first one, and then they have the second thing, and then it goes around, and you get whiplash and all this stuff. And I'm watching him. I wish I would have had a video to show it this morning. But that's how some people are in church. Well, because it becomes a religion rather than a relationship with God. Oh, no, what did I get myself into? Listen, I know this. When I gave my life to Jesus 32 years ago, I didn't know what the ride would be like. How about you? It wasn't God going, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do this. God started doing things in me. And in the journey, I began to go, I don't need that anymore. I don't want that. I don't, it wasn't about someone telling me, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. It wasn't the no's. It was all of a sudden, I was, I was getting these yeses. Yes, you can do that in God. Yes, you can believe God for that. Yes, you can do that. You remember when you were so excited for Jesus and you fell in love with him? You could walk, you could drive in the Walmart parking lot and believe God for a parking space up front. You just, oh, God, give me a space. And, all of a sudden you, and you would praise God for it. Come on. And see, the incredible thing is, is it, it, it's like, you know, it's like God's called us to be a source of joy. Getting back to the roller coaster. When he got off, I go, how was it, Luke? And he was like, huh. And after a few minutes and an hour, the truth came out. I was scared out of my mind. His mom, his mom goes, well, you want to ride that other ride where you kind of hang and your feet dangle? It's like a roller coaster. And, she goes, and he saw it goes upside down. He goes, no. <laughs> then we got to this ship thing that you go down in the water. It wasn't that bad. And Libby's going, I want to ride it. And he's like, I don't want to ride it. He's crying. And I'm like, you're riding it. You're not causing a scene. Suck it up, son. You're my son. Don't embarrass us in front of this crowd. Lily's not. And we get on and he goes, I can't look. You know, and all of a sudden he he loved it. Anyway. But here's a prerequisite. If you want to follow God, this is what it says. This is what it says. Isaiah 55 verse 1. It's a great scripture. It said, listen, is anyone thirsty? Have you ever been thirsty? I used to work for a guy and guide on his ranches in Texas. And me and this guy were do, fixing some fence posts one day and doing some work, and we were sweating. 
And we had an igloo ice chest, and there was one Miller Pony beer left in it. And I was a Christian. I'm just thinking, you know, old Pastor Bubba. And there was ice that had been melted with people that put their hands to get other drinks, you know what I'm saying? And, he, and my friend looks at me, you're going to have to fight me for the pony. I said, brother, you can ride it all you want. I don't need I drank that water at the end of the thing. And you're going, that's sick. That's gross. But you know what? When I, when I met the Lord, it wasn't about me giving up things. It was about me, God, this is nothing. You got delivered me from alcohol. I haven't touched it in 32 years. I'm not saying if you drink, you know, that you're going to go to hell. That you might smell like hell while you drink. You know, but, but I know this. There's just things that God's done in my life. He changed my want to. Hear me out. There's just things I don't want to do. Is that okay? And, you know, there's, there's a lot of questions that people have. Well, what if I do this? What if I do that? Well, pastor, what do you think about this? What if I got up here and told you that, you know, on the side I had a girlfriend? The elders felt like, you know, Miss Tracy wasn't meeting all my needs. And I got a concubine. And I'm going, well, yeah, I'm only down to two times a week. What would y'all think? Come on, tell me. What? We ain't going there. Strange. David Koresh. Something, you know, just. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's like a prostitute guy. I gave my life to the Lord. Pastor, I'm just down to two tricks a week. What? See, I'm kind of shocking some of y'all. Y'all come. It said, if you're thirsty, look what it says. Come and drink. And if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. The gift of salvation is free. And you know what? The cool thing about it being free, it brings freedom. Think about it. It brings freedom to us. See, you know, this not only speaks of the coming kingdom, but the water speaks of life. When the Bible says water, when it gives instances, it says water, it means life, the life of God. When it mentions wine, it represents joy. It represents joy. I'm not talking about, you know, when I was younger and I'd go down to Albertsons on Johnson Street in Lafayette and buy Boone's Farm Tickle Pink for 95 cents. And me and my friends would see two moons and the stars got added. I'm not talking about joy like that. I'm talking about the joy of God, the joy of God's presence in our lives. I don't need any substitute to bring that joy. He brings it when I look to him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it says in milk, what does that represent? It means growth. God wants you to have his life. God wants you to have his joy, his wine. He wants the milk of growth. It's ours for the taking. I believe Jesus wants us to focus on buying something money can't buy. Remember even in, this, in, in the scriptures where one guy he tried to buy the joy that the disciples had. And he says, hey, basically the disciples look at me, your silver and gold perish. You can't buy this with money. You can't buy the joy of God. You can't buy the life of God. You can't buy growth. It's something you got to work toward, something you got to focus on, something you say, man, I want that in my life more than I want anything. You see, Romans 14 says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and the joy of the Holy Spirit. It tells us the kingdom is inside of us. 
Righteousness and peace and joy are available even now. I remember one summer camp we did years ago. And they had a guy named Trevor. He didn't have enough underwear to go to camp. And we're going, can Trevor come to the camp? His mama goes, we, he, Trevor ain't got enough drawers. I remember we said, we'll buy Trevor drawers for the week. You know, so many times we have different excuses why we can't do this or why we can't believe or why we can't just get in like other people. And we go, why do they have it and I don't? See, it really what it really begins with is, is this, the water of life, the wine of joy, the milk of growth, it's all ours. Matthew, Matthew 13, I know I'm going places. I'm traveling, but I'm going somewhere, I promise you. Matthew 13, verse 45 and 46, listen to this scripture. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. Women, how many of you like jewelry? Boy, golly, not in, y'all, husbands, don't worry about it. Okay, let me ask you again. How, how many of you we love jewelry? Come on, ladies. Come on, be honest. Be truthful. Okay. All right, then live without it. But if you brought a di- two-carat diamond ring, you might, even get in chi- you might get excited. He said, when he discovered a pearl of great price, he sold everything he owned. And bought it. See, the way a pearl starts is it, it, it's a little grain of sand that gets into an, an oyster and it becomes an irritant to it. And what it does, it, it, it produces this crystalline covering over this little grain of sand. And it's just because of the rubbing, the irritation. You ever have anything irritate you? Isn't it amazing that God puts people in your life sometimes that irritate you? God may be trying to form something precious and great inside of your life. And he sent the person. He gave that person to you is to create, as, maybe as an irritant, but only to create a pearl in your life. And so, you know, what happens is, but which over the years, when, when, it, when it puts this crystalline thing, it begins, over years it begins to harden, it becomes precious, it becomes valuable. And, and those who study such things say the most beautiful pearls take seven years. You know, some of you are going, man, I wish you just, you know, some of you are praying, Lord, I just pray you'd get this person in my life. God's going, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, baby. <laughs> How many believe God got a sense of humor? <laughs> oh, no. Sometimes God senses a package in the person we don't like, but it's his package. This is a fact. How many of you ever prayed, God, just change me? God, help me. There are things in my life that need to change. He goes, all right. I'm sending a little grain of sand. He's called an irritant. He's called your three-year-old. Those terrible twos, ladies. God might have sent that to you. Men, if you're like me, when my kids were younger, my older ones especially, I mean, I didn't get up at night. I looked at my wife one night and said, hey, that's your job. Can I just be honest? I did say that. She reminded me. I was so selfish. I was a Christian. Come on. But I had this little attitude. Oh, man, that's a woman's work. Come on. All right, y'all don't get mad at me now. Don't stop saying amen. But we have this attitude. And really, we're equal partners. I'm supposed to serve her as she serves me. You see how it goes? It's not a 50-50 partnership. It's a 100% commitment to Jesus first. 
And you see, you see their need through not your eyes, but through his eyes. Hello? Some of you need Jesus' contact lenses. Don't laugh. I'm praying God give you eye surgery today. He literally changes the, the scope and the way you look at things and the way you see things. I'm praying that he'll change your heart. That your heartbeat will beat with the heart of God. For his kingdom, for his purpose, for people that do not know him, that need him, that are crying out. You know, there are people right now in the city that are crying out. They say, God, if you're real, whatever it takes, show me, send someone, do something in my life. I'm tired of my circumstances. I'm tired of my situations. I'm tired of living in this rat trap. I feel like the hamster on that wheel. There are people like that. Maybe you came this morning and you've been praying that God just bring me, direct me. Maybe God directed you here this morning just for this word. Or God directed you here for you to become really brutally honest with yourself. There's things that I need to change. You know that, can I make a confession? You're like, I know that God's still working in me. God's still changing me. Hello? You know that God still deals with me about selfishness? <gasps> Pastor Bob, are you? Man, yeah. Yes. But what father? What father doesn't love his children? If you grew up in a, fa- in a house where you didn't have a father, or, you're, or when I say father, that affects you. God wants to be the father you always dreamed of having. That's the kind of father he is. He is. And you know what? When he sees his children, I saw it this week with my two youngest children hanging out with him a lot. I mean, it was vacation. You know how it is when you're on vacation. You eat like a king and queen. And my wife looked at me one time. She said, baby, they've had ice cream already two times. This will be three times. Yeah, get it. And, you know, but the thing is, but then, you know, then you coming home, you go to reality, and then you start saying no again. You know what I'm saying? But I look at it, when I think about my children, I, what don't I want to give them to bless them? You know, I mean, you know, there are times my children, my wife and I have literally fasted and prayed for some of them. There's some that we, we, we've just gotten great joy over. There's some that have grieved us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I heard a statement one time, you're never as happy as your saddest child if you're a parent. You know, and this pearl comes. And during that seven-year period, that irritant of sand that's hidden away and clothed and covered, all of a sudden you open up that, that oyster and it's a beautiful piece of jewelry with great value. See, God puts irritants in our lives. God allowed. See, look, you can learn things either through success or hardship. How many of you are talking about? How many of you can learn the lessons of life through hardship? One of, one of the cool things is I was praying with my pastor and we are talking about our different children praying for him. And his third son named Joseph has actually been on YouTube and he's had over 650,000 hits in one week on his music. And so all these Nashville people are looking to, you know, him. And his oldest son lives in Nashville, tried to make a name, and he tried to do a hit, and it was only 600 people. And here's his third son, who's like, literally, if you describe his children, his oldest is a fox, his second one's a, a lion, and, his, and Joseph's like a lamb. 
He's just And just to see what maybe God wants to do, and we talked about how God can bring great things in our lives through, it's a test of heart. If you become successful, it's still testing your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you're struggling, God may be testing your heart. Hello. And see, right here, you know, that irritating piece of sin, sometimes we have to scrap a little dream for a big dream. But the big dream is the pearl of great price. It's expensive. It's worth the cost without holding anything back. That's what God wants. It's nothing. It's like nothing holds you back. That's what the kingdom of God is. I'm going for God. Or, or am, I, am I in the right church this morning? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Am I making sense? Just say yes. Help me out. Preach with me a little bit. Miss Jean ain't here. She ain't got her hanky out. I have to go see her. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sins so that we could make right, we could be, we could make, we could be right with God through Christ. You are a pearl of great price. You are. You've been clothed in righteousness, and it's not your righteousness, it's God's righteousness. He's got incredible beauty. You know what God's doing in your life? Because there may be things that you don't see. God's trying to create something incredible in your life. See, we always look at it this way. This is how we look at Pastor Bubba, if you really knew me, I'm like a couillon. I can't do nothing right. God's after me. That's why everything falls apart. Some people just feel like God's angry at them all the time. How many of you ever felt that way? No matter what I do, no matter what I say, God's just angry. Can I just tell you something? Get over it. God's not angry at you all the time. He loves you. He's motivated out of love. When you love someone and you do something for them, it's motivated and it's motivated out of pure love. Come on, someone treats you good, someone give you a great gift, what would you do? You go, I feel appreciated. I feel loved. Wow. I can't believe that you would do that for me. And you know what God's doing? God, behind the scenes, is doing something incredible just for you. Look at your neighbor and say, just for you. Come on, look at him. Just for you. See, the big dream is the pearl of great price. Expensive but worth the cost. And this is the thing you got to do. Listen to me. For sometimes, you got to be bold. Say it with me. Say bold. bold. Don't say it like a weenie. When you're bold, you got to say it. Say, bold. How many like bold people? Come on. Just bold. It was, I've never been accused of not being bold. Sometimes I've been accused of being stupid when I was trying to be bold. <laughs> you know? But you can't hesitate to take the plunge. You know, it's kind of like this. You never experience anything until you take the plunge. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know? Plans remain just plans until they're carried out. Goals remain goals until they're achieved. The only failure is refusing refusing to try. It's just refusing to try. For some of you, God's been speaking to you about doing something great for his kingdom, but you feel like you can't do it because you've got all this stuff. God's like, I'm not looking at the stuff. I'm looking at you. I'm doing this in you so you can go and do what I've been speaking to you about. I've been stirring in your heart about. 
Like this outreach, go big. You know what? That's a stirring in our heart as a church. I believe God wants to do greater things. Hello? How many believe God wants to bring miracles in people's lives around this community? How many believe that people are looking for a place that can, it's like a hope center. They can come and they go, man, I feel hope. I feel like God really cares. I feel like God really loves me. God can bring change in my life. How you know what I'm talking about? God wants to do that. Listen, if he can take, a, take an old dope head like me and make me a hope head for grandmas, praise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and that's what I love when I go get my chemo. I only got three treatments. Tomorrow's my 10th treatment. Come on, praise God. My miracle's on its way. Amen. I believe that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I believe it. I'm not just going, it's like a pilot. I believe it. I believe I can fly. I'm not talking about that. I believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly what my finite mind can think. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I don't want to go there tomorrow, but I know I'm walking through this, and I believe that God wants to do something great. And it's not just the drugs. It's going to be the power and the presence of God that changes what's going on inside of me. But God's doing something in me. He's doing something in me. And if he does something in me, he might want to do something in you. God's given me a desperateness for him. I want it more than anything. And I believe that's what God wants. I believe there's many of you in here that want that. How I many you just want to break out in God? We can just break out. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, you can't tell the difference between a, 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 a funeral parlor and a church in some places you go. But I want to be around a people that are excited about God. Excited about life. Excited about the passion God's put in their life. Come on, anybody excited around here? You know? There are many times, you know, we think we got to get someone saved or by our methods or by things. I love, you know, I was reading there was a, one day there was a minister in a congregation and he had a guy that wasn't a Christian in his congregation and he was intelligent. He was a lawyer and the minister wanted more than anything for this man to join the church. And so he, he began to organize a series of sermons to convert a lawyer. And so he did all this stuff. He preached on them an entire month. And when it was done with the series, the man came to him and he said, Man, you pastor, I want to join the church. And inside, the pastor is going, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Yes. He goes, Yes. And he looks at him. He goes, Hey. He said, Which sermon did it? None of them, the man said. It wasn't your sermons that interested me. In fact, they really didn't interest me that much. He said, you know that widow in your church? The one who walks with crutches? Pastor said, yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. One day she was coming out of church. And one of her crutches broke and she was falling. And I caught her just in time to save her from falling and held her up. And, and she looked at me and she said, she looked in my eyes and she said, thank you, sir. I hope you love my Jesus. And he said, so pastor, it wasn't your sermon that did it. But that dear old lady that just had kind words and a kind look melted my heart. And I could see her circumstances. And if she knew God and had such a joy for God, I knew that I needed him. Amen. 
You see, sometimes we think it's, we got to say the right words, do the right things. But, you know, going big in outreaches, it's like this. It's just rolling up your sleeves and going, can I be Jesus' hands today? Can I be his feet? Can I be his smile? You know, I was at the hotel the other day, and they had this lady sitting there. And she was drinking her coffee. And she's just kind of got that, like, look. Like she ate a bad persimmon. <laughs> and, I, and I'm walking to go get my breakfast. It's one of those places, hotels, where you can get free breakfast. That's the reason we stayed there. Save money. And, and I'm walking by, and I'm thinking in my heart, I'm going, I'm going to smile so big. I'm going to see if it affects her. You ever do that? So I'm walking, and I'm going, Gonna get my, my raisin bran, you know? I really get excited about raisin bran, you know? And, and, she, and all of a sudden she's looking at me and she's She just said, I walk by and go, hi. She goes, hi. We don't know. Just a smile can affect someone. Are you hearing me? It means your touch. Your attitude, the way you look at people, the way you talk to people. And listen to me, don't look at what they wear. Look at their heart. How many times I've embraced people doing street ministry in my life and, and they just they have that smell of the street on them. And you walk away and you're going, God. But sometimes the Lord spoke to me one day, he goes, that's the smell of love, son. The smell, I don't, God's not motivated by smell. He's not motivated by look. He's not motivated by how much money you have or how much money you want or if you're successful, if you're not, in men's eyes. God's not looking for that. God's looking for men and women that are thirsty and he's looking for people that are hungry for him and want to make a difference for his kingdom. Are you those people? Good, three of you are. We're praying for the rest of you. Are you those people? It's a question that gets a response. Are you those people? Apostle Paul put it this way. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. We could stop and preach there for a while, but I'm not. Instead, they will live for Christ who who died and was raised for them. In other words, I believe here in Jennings, we believe a gospel of provision and resurrection, but without the cross sometimes. What do you mean, pastor? There's no dying to self. We just want easy grace. We want greasy grace. We don't want to die to our selfishness. We don't want to die. You know, how can you love your wife and you treat her like a dog? Well, I love all the amens the men gave me and the women. You know... Let me just say, I'm going to stop right there. Can I just get on my little perch right now? I'm going to get on my perch. I'm climbing the sycamore tree because I'm short. I'm Zacchaeus, you know. Men, how can you say you love God and you treat your wife and you're ultimately selfish with her? You go do your own thing and don't think about her and her needs. I don't need to get on the wind because they're more sacrificing. They'll, they'll lay down. I mean, they're like birds. You know, have you ever seen those, those, those nature things and they have the, the mamas go get the things and they regurgitate the food and give it to the babies? They just, they, they will not, they will eat less. They will do more. They're more sacrificed. Hello. 
You go to the restaurant, a man go, y'all took the steak. What y'all want, kids? And he's over there. No care about what they're doing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Kind of like a Pastor Bubba. That's your job, baby. You wanted them. You, you, want, you begged for the first one. I could have that attitude in my mind. You begged, you wanted that, baby, get it. You hear that crying, baby? That's your responsibility. Stupid and selfish. Can I just say that by myself? Some of you have been waiting for me to say it for years, maybe. I don't know. He finally confessed it. We got it on tape. Some Memorex. And you wonder why your marriage in where it should be. Take a look, man. It always starts with a man. What do you mean, Pastor? What was it? You yeah, everything starts with the man. Listen, if you want to be a godly man, men, you got to stand up and make a decision. Come on. You got to say no to things in your house. You got to say yes to things that need to be said yes to. You need to be the example, the living example of what Christ is like. So your kids see it and they go, that's what it looks like. Thank you for all those amens. You know, the 80% of ministers leave the ministry after three years. And there's more leaving the ministry than coming into the ministry. Why? Because it's demanding. Like they had one lady, she, my wife was talking to, she was from Lafayette at the hotel we were staying in, and she goes, well, she goes, finally after they've been friends for about three days or so, and she's just talking, so, so what does your husband do? And she goes, well, he's a, he's a pastor. Now, if you're from South Louisiana and you grew up in a certain denomination, you don't know what pastors do. And she goes, well, okay, but what else does he do? What does he do during the day? And my wife's like, well, he counsels people, he prays for people. He, and it was like a revelation. It's like, oh, oh, oh. See, the gospel has led many, many people. And this is a sad thing. Because it becomes religious, it leads many people to being just lukewarm. Because they lose the edge of what it's all about, about the kingdom of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's all of a sudden, it's like, well, we're going to have a vote tonight. And they said they want blue chairs, but I want those green chairs. And they will literally split a church over a stupid chair. Or I want that man and I want this man. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? I remember one time I was in a church. I've only been to two churches in my whole life. I remember the, the church split because one guy got elected. But, you know, since he got elected, the church has grown about ten times more than it used to be. And he was the man. But there was a, that old guard. We don't want. We don't want no education. We don't want. Come on. I come from that generation. I'm sorry. I was listening to it when it came out. Not the remake. Sometimes we need to get a little education in the kingdom of God. Amen? And sometimes we need to reprogram and reboot and go, wait a minute, God may be trying to do something here. God may be trying to expose something here. Maybe God wants to show up. And, I, you know, it's robbed many people when they become lukewarm of the fire of God that burns, that God wants to burn in their heart when you first met him and you believed him for anything and you wanted God to do something in people's lives. Don't lose that. Let me just finish with Jesus' words. 
It's in two references, so I'm going to read them both. It kind of reads almost the same. In Matthew 16, 25, it says this. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give your life for my sake, you will save it. Mark says it like this. I like Mark. He said, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. See, true liquidation to Jesus will give you the adventure jumping off of a tower with a rubber band around your ankle that could never give you. Because when you do, you discover the thrill and excitement of serving God. You know, this week they had a guy that was talking to us and on the streets and, and he was kind of like, you know, he's telling us about his ministry, trying to get people off of drugs and he also plays music at night around the things and he's a Christian, gave me his card and told him, I, we didn't even tell him we were pastors. I don't want to do that. You know, I'm like, I, you know, I mean, you're on vacation and you're like, you know, I mean, they said, well, that's awesome. Just encourage him and we were walking and I had a $10 bill and I said, Luke, hey man, I said, go up to that man and go give him that $10 bill and say, God bless you. And run back. And so Luke brings the ten dollar bill, you know, and he goes, and the guy goes, Where did you who who told you to come? He goes, My daddy said to give this to you. And you know, I didn't want him to say my daddy. You know, I just want him to be you know what I'm talking about? And he's going, Gracias. God bless you in your ministry. Because it's about changing lives. I want to invest in anything that changes a person's life. How about you? See, the more you live for yourself, let me just say this. Hear me out. You might need to write this down. The more you live for yourself, the more miserable your life becomes. I'm serious. If you want to feel miserable, just start thinking about yourself. (laughs) You want to have a pity party? Think about yourself. Look in the mirror. Things sag and drag now, baby. Used to be tight and right, but now you're dragging and sagging. When you take the temperature of how we're doing, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, we lose every essence of what it means to, be, to truly live. See, it's saving others so that we can save ourselves. That's why we do outreaches. It's to save others. And you end up saving yourself when you, save, when you help someone. You know, it's helping others that, that you get help. You know, it, it's giving to others so that you can help others. It's when you die to self. You find your life. Jesus said this, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. The first bold statement that anybody needs to follow Jesus to say, you know what? I don't care what people think. Because can I tell you something? You serve God long enough, people will treat you ways. People will say things. You ever watch TV and they make all Christians look like we're idiots? (laughs) You know? And it's not even true. Are you hearing me? And see, Jesus said this. He said, in order to find yourself, you have to be willing to lose yourself. What does that mean? 
Like, I, I don't know, I got lost. No. It means this. God, I give you my life. I want all of you. How many of you want all of God? Come on. How many of you want all of God? Come on. I want to see your hands. How many of you want all of God? God has for you. If you want all of God, this is what it's going to take. It's going to take all of you. See, we want to make a deal. God, I, it's kind of like a house. I'll give you everything but the bathroom, Lord. There's a few things I've got to flush. So there's everything but the bathroom. God goes, no, no, no. I want everything and the plunger. That's what God is like. It's, it's like this. All or nothing. When you got married, wasn't it for all? It'd be bad if your husband or your wife confessed, you know, well, like I got a boyfriend on the side. Oh, no. I mean, baby, it's all or nothing. Well, I don't know about that. It's all or nothing. Are you hearing me? And this morning, the gospel hadn't changed. The methods may change through time, but the message never changes. Are you hearing me? And see, so we try to change the message, but you know, it's not, it's not so much, I don't want to argue with people about how the methods are, but the message should remain the same. It's giving my all to Jesus to receive all that he has for me. And if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Bubba, I want to renew my commitment. I want a total liquidation in my life. And I want to start new. Maybe you haven't given your life to Jesus. And you say, you know, Pastor Bubba, it's about me giving all. If that's you this morning, you say, I want to renew. I want to rekindle. I want to start something new in my heart. I want you to stand up right where you are in your feet. I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but I want you to stand. Remember, if you deny him before men, he said he will deny you before his father. If that's you, I'm not going to beg. And you say, Pastor Brother, God's speaking to me. I want a total liquidation. I want to give all to God. There's things that I've been holding on to. I want to give it all. If that's you, stand to your feet. First two people that stood up are some of the oldest people in the church. Don't be... But that, to me, that's just like, that's the way it should be. Because sometimes when we get old, guess what happens? We get caught in our ways, and we get set, and we don't want to change. If that's you, if you just want more of God, and you say, Pastor Brother, it's about, there's some things i got to let go. And I'm not here to advertise what you, well, you do this, do that, do that. No, it's you. God's speaking to you, and you're going, I give him my all this morning. If that's you. Stand to your feet right now this morning. I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to plead. Stand to your feet right now. Come on. God's speaking to you. Just give in to him. Don't, don't fight it. Just give up. Give it up. I'm not looking who's standing. That doesn't matter. I don't know. I don't want to know. I just want you to leave this place this morning knowing that, you know what? Everything between you and your Lord is good. And you can go about kingdom business. Amen? Let's everybody stand. Let's pray. Just lift your hands to heaven all over this place. There's many people that stood this morning. I want to be respectful to them. Father, this morning, I thank you. I thank you this morning that the greatest prerequisite
Even what Isaiah 55, 1 says is thirst. God, there are people here this morning as they stood, they're just thirsty for all of you. Less of them and more of you. Lord, sometimes we just get in the way. Sometimes we just, we think we know, but we don't. We need you this morning. And I pray this morning, God, that we thank you that we know that it, it, there's everything that has something, cost, something of great worth is going to cost something. And so, Lord, this morning, we lay down our whole life to receive the riches of the kingdom. That means power over circumstances and situations that nothing dictates us anymore, but we get our marching orders and we're dictated by the kingdom of God. We don't allow circumstances to, to, to destroy us, but we look to you this morning. And Father, for those that maybe this is their first time to say, I just want to give my life to you. If that's you here this morning, God just wants a sincere prayer. It's not how long your prayers are. It's when it, what's in those prayers. You may just say, God, I need help out of my circumstances. and I just want to give my life to you and that you would take control. I've been in control. Look where it's gotten me. I don't want to be in control anymore. I want to give you my life, all of it. So, Lord, that's what we come. Even us that have been Christians for years, we come and we, we say, Lord, renew our faith. Renew us. Help us to be bold in our declaration. Help us to be, God, ever mindful that, God, that you are with us. You've never left us. You will never forsake us. You, maybe we've forsaken you at times, but, Lord, you've never forsaken us. And, Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, Father, for all that you want to do in people's lives this morning. I thank you that, Lord, you are God, that, that God, you have a bottle for all of our tears. You have a bag for all of our sins. Lord, we just come and we lay them down at your feet and we leave them there. We don't go fishing for it again. We're going to leave those things at your feet and begin the journey of walking with you, walking in grace, walking in power, walking in self-denial and allowing you to have your way in our hearts and our lives. In the mighty name, if you agree with that, just say, I agree. God, do that work in me. In Jesus' name, amen.